There's nothing more humbling and inspiring and attractive than witnessing somebody be truly and uniquely exceptional. Except, of course, for their journeys. Maybe it's luck. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe it's work ethic. Scott and I wanted to see if we could discover what makes some of the universe's most incredible humans the successes they've become. And ultimately, find out exactly how they became... Ugh, so good. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Ugh, You're So Good. Today's guest is one of my best friends in the entire world and my bandmate, Kevin Alushala from Pentatonix. He is the beatboxer of Pentatonix, and that is just one of his many talents. He graduated pre-med at Yale. He speaks Chinese fluently. He plays a million different instruments. He is by far the hardest working person I've ever met, and today he is going to talk about how he developed that work ethic and how he got to where he is. Here we go. Hi, you guys, what's up? It's Scott and Rozzy, and um, this is Ugh, You're Ugh, So you're Good. You're so good. Where we have guests on that are amazing at something. Amazing, and our guest this week is really, oh. really amazing. <laughs> Not just amazing at one thing, but amazing at like... <laughs> too many things. Too many things. Too many things it, for it, one person. It is annoying. It's really annoying. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's also one of my best friends, oh. and he's in Pentatonix with he's me. He's in Pentatonix. You're one of my best friends, Scott. Oh, I love you. Oh my gosh, I'd hug you. Welcome, Kevin Alushala. Okay, so I was <laughs> too you. scared to say your last name. I was like, I'm going to do it. And then I was like, wait, I don't know how to say it. Olushala. 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 Yeah. So, so there's, it's, it has tones in the name. So Olushala. Okay. Olushala. Uh-huh. You are ah. practically Nigerian. This is wow. really, really great. Okay, wait. So are, you, is your, are your parents from Nigeria? My dad's from Nigeria and my mom's okay. from Grenada in the Caribbean. And they were both born in those places. Yes. So you're first generation. I'm first generation. Okay, I need you to just, can you just tell me what happened from day one in your life? Sure. Because your story is so crazy. I mean, there's a lot that's happened. I mean, it's a, it's a big story. I mean, where do you, where do where you, you born? Where were you born? Where were you born? So I was actually born in, um, at Huntington Hospital okay. in Pasadena. Okay. Um, but then um, I moved probably when I was like six months old um, to uh, Philadelphia, practically. Hershey, okay. Pennsylvania, and then Philadelphia. Because my dad, who's a doctor, he was finishing psychiatry residency um, in Philadelphia. So Kevin is in Pentatonix. In Pentatonix. Yes. Grammy award winning Pentatonix. If you guys have ever heard this podcast, you already know everything about Pentatonix. <laughs> yes. Scott. Yeah. But Kevin, I mean, has achieved everything. He's like, speaks oh, he's Chinese so fluently. Yes. He graduated Yale pre-med. He, he like, played cello <laughs> I do. Uh, like a master. Very kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like messed up. So, like you're, so basically like the concept of this podcast is to is to find out how people got so good at stuff. Sure. Like, and there's no rule on what stuff. Right. Like, we've had guests of right. many different skills, and you're such a perfect guest because you clearly know how to get good at stuff. Because you're, like, really good at, like, a lot of things. Like, yeah. Like, work, a work not, ethic queen. If I know anything oh. about Kevin, he's inspired me in these seven years, eight years, nine years? No, 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 eight, eight, almost eight. Almost eight. Almost eight. Years. Years. I've always been crazy. so inspired because his work ethic is unmatched. Actually, oh, y'all so are my two hardest working friends. Oh, my friends. God. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> The rude thing about that sentence is somehow you have more skills than me. No, so, stop. <laughs> I don't know but what that's saying. You are like saying. the queen of singing. So, <laughs> listen. Okay, wait. 
start over. Just tell us like yeah. how, where you're from, when you were born, what happened. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, so my dad is from Nigeria. My mom's from Grenada. Mm-hmm. And then they came to the United States uh, separately, but they resided in uh, Pasadena, California. Well, actually, they were residing in Loma Linda because my dad was studying for an exam that allows foreign residents to be able to do residency in the United States. And my mm-hmm. mom was doing her MPH at Loma Linda University. What is an um, MPH? Um, a master's in public health. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My parents. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're great. I love them to death. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have amazing parents. That helps. No, my parents are, I, I genes. do love them. That's how you get great yeah. at things. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but, but I, I think it's definitely genes, but I think when there's an immigrant mentality totally. that is so important here because you come here and this is a land of opportunity and you see a lot of people coming to the United States and they want to do, they want to maximize the opportunities they yeah. have here where they see a lot of people here that have kind of been privileged with already being in America. Right. So they see that they might not be utilizing the opportunities as effectively as they can. Yeah, and they're also, taking it for granted, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I think one of the things my parents have definitely learned is that in America, especially as an African or an African-American, uh-huh. um, you really do have to work twice as hard to get yeah. half of you know what other people may get. Right. So they always made sure I kind of understood that because it's just harder. So I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons that my parents said, you know, if you're going to go to school, go to an Ivy League school. Because right. for you... People are going to look at you and think one thing, mm-hmm. and you want to be able to kind of stop them in their tracks and say, "Hey, no, I actually have these credentials. I have these right. um, this pedigree. So you can't just look at me and think one thing. Like there's totally. something to back it up." Dope. What was the first thing that you mastered in life? Mastered? Yes. Yeah. Or like, what was the first thing you were good at? What was the first thing you would have uh, you had attention for? Probably academia, because I skipped kindergarten and went to first grade. Because you were because, a brainiac. Well, my parents did something, so which was kind of interesting. So when I was like one, two, three years old, I would do hooked on phonics with them. Uh-huh. And then they would teach me multiplication and division. And then my, my dad would also teach me science. Because when you were what age? Like one, two, three years old. Oh he would God. start very, very early. Wow. So like I knew how to read by the time I was like four years old. That is cool that you had a head start. And honestly, those are formative years. And so your parents yes. probably just instilled work ethic yeah. from age like three. And so well, you just had, you were set. I think what it is is more curiosity. Because I think that's mm. the Ooh. thing you need the most in life. If you're trying to do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have to like that, care about yeah. that. Yeah. You have to, care, yeah. you have to <laughs> want to get better. Exactly. And I think that's the only thing that will help you further your path. That's really So the dope. first thing you said you got like good at was academia. You was were, academia. Yeah. So you were just good at school. Yeah. School yeah. was, I think, the thing that always... It's funny because I, I, when people say you're so good at music and things like that, I, I, to be honest, I don't think I'm really great at any of those things. I think what I'm good at is being a learner and curious. Didn't I say? Oh well, yeah. my version I think is that's what helps. I, I've asked this question on the podcast. I've asked like, what do you think? Like I remember saying to Scott, like you're famous for being a singer, but what do you think is your like natural gift? Like what do you think you were actually born with? Yeah, and I, I always that say question. that mine is that I'm good at work, like getting good. Right. Yes. yes yeah. Y'all yes. actually have that in common. Yeah. Very dedicated. Yeah. You'll <laughs> sing Love on Top every day for four years. <laughs> you yes. <laughs> Yeah, yes. so it's like, but I like how you're saying like curiosity. I think it's curiosity. Like you're interested yeah. in stuff. Yeah, just like, I mean, whatever you're, because I think that's the thing. You'll have so much more fun doing it. Like yeah. I'm watching Scott all the time and he he's so curious about how, how, how music videos get done and movies and right. pictures. And he's got such a creative mind for taking music and, and, and picture and putting it together in such a totally. mag- like magnificent way. Wow, and I think, you. no, seriously. Oh, and I you. think, but that's why I think, because you're so curious about 
that. I think that's why like Vine and Superfruit, like they've been so successful because you're so curious about those things. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I think that's what makes you so brilliant at them. So like well, we're talking I think, about you, not me. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I love talking about me, but, <laughs> but I'm just. I think Thank it's you. just that that ability to be to be curious and then just go all in is, yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah. So was there music in your house growing up? Was that like a part of the? Yeah, kind of, but not really. My dad's, I mean, my dad and my mom aren't musical people. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's funny, on my mom's side, though, uh, my grandfather, um, he and Grenada used to build guitars and mm. play them. And, you know, the girls liked him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he had this, like, beautiful gray hair and, like, yeah, it was, he's, it, they said it was bad. It was, <laughs> it was bad. Um, so I guess there was music. People were musical in my family, but my parents didn't really have that musical ability. But my brother and my sister and I are all musical. Like my brother plays um, trombone and viola, and my sister and piano, and then my sister plays violin, French horn, and piano. And she went wow. to a boarding school for music called the Walnut Hill School cool. in um, wow. in, in um, Massachusetts. Who's what the all? oldest? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah, so I was the guinea pig. And what all instruments do you play again? I play cello, saxophone, and piano. Oh, and then I guess down. beatbox, but like, Beatboxing. yeah. So did your parents just put you in lessons at a young age? Like, did your yeah. parents put you, like, were they the kind of parents that was like, you're going to take an instrument and you're going to play a sport and you're like, did you try everything no. or was I, it up to you? I, tr- I tried everything. It was kind of up to me. Um, but they, I mean, they knew music I was something I was interested in because they said it was this funny story. When I was one years old, they took me from Pasadena to New York where they were doing this road trip. And my dad would go, if you're happy and you know it, and I would just go oh my at God. the right time. Yeah. Like, that's freaky. What the heck? And so yeah. that's when they decided to, to put me into music lessons. Okay. So you had it in you. And I, yeah. I guess. But they just, they saw that and they're like, oh, this is cool. Let's that's do cool. something with this. And weren't, I, I feel like I remember you being like a master of the saxophone first or something. I like did you saxophone. toured, right? Yeah. So I did this. So when I was 12 years old, I was part of this United States wind band that basically was high school and college students that toured Europe for three weeks. And I was 12 years old and it was, it was a little crazy because it was a hostile, it was a little bit hostile of, a, of an experience because I was 12 and I got the first chair. Oh my God, and they're then, all in high school. Whoa. Yeah, and, oh and, no. and, and like they're all high school, like college students. Oh so my it God. was just not a great. Did, were you bullied by then? Uh, a little bit. A little I bit. mean, I feel like that's like the experience for if you're doing something like young and well, like right. people are going to look at you and say mm. stuff. Jealous. So, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. But you know, you kind of just like. How did that happen? Oh, how did that specifically happen? Yeah. So um, I tried out for all district band in mm-hmm. my in my uh, area, and somebody heard my tape and said, "I actually want to send this to the United States Wind Band." Mm. Wow. So they sent it, and they didn't. They didn't tell them that I was twelve years old. They just right. said he was. Right. Is there an age stuff. limit? I'm no, like, oh my God. it's only high school, like junior, yeah. senior, and then usually first year, second year of college. Um, yeah. So oh. like when that happened, I like couldn't believe it. So I practiced all summer. For the um, audition, and when that happened, I couldn't believe it. I just like, wow, this is wow. nuts. But That's then, really and my mom was with me, with was with me, so that was good. Yeah. So Aww. she could like protect me, and I could like go to cry at her. I'm like, mom, no, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> bullied, oh my god. Uh, but yeah, it was. When was the last fun. time you played saxophone? Oh my gosh! Actually, a couple of weeks ago. No way. Yeah, because I've been do that using with it. Yeah. Oh no, God. I still play. Wait, you should often. have that. You should oh, cool. have. Oh, I, um, I didn't know. That. I've never yeah. heard you play. Well, no, because well, I've been so for some of the like new music I've been writing, I've been using it as like background tracks to kind of give it a more like worldly cool. sound. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe you should have a moment in the Pentatonic show where you make Kevin play all the instruments. Oh, the oh my gosh! <laughs> just every single one. That would be sick. <laughs> That'd be actually crazy. Uh, okay, so then yeah. when did cello happen? How'd that? Uh, cello happened when I was six years old. Uh, what happened? was my sister 
was learning how to play violin from uh-huh. um, the string teacher in our town, but she was actually a cellist. And um, so she was, but she was studying violin and she looked at me and said, do you want to play the cello? And I said, no, because I wanted to play the saxophone at the time because uh-huh. I saw Bill Clinton on the Arsenio Hall show. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so dope. I want to do yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but so, but I was too young to do it. So what they did is that they gave me this wooden box that looked like a cello and they started me off on that and I didn't say really? anything. Yes. And then they said, and then they gave me a real cello and I didn't say anything. They said, Hey, if any, at, at any time you want to stop, stop. Uh, and I just kind of kept going and it kept going and progressing. And then right. like, honestly, I've just, <laughs> I've never said no. So I'm, I, I haven't stopped yet and I'm still cello playing. Cello is hard. It takes cello a is lot hard. of practice. Well, and, and it's so funny when people say like, I'm a master at the cello because to be honest, or, and, and, and I say this in music in general, I love music, but I wasn't like the practicer. I just did music because my whole thing was to be, no, I no, no. Like that's hard to believe. Yeah, no, that is no. hard for me to believe. People, people really <laughs> don't, I did a lot of music, but my whole thing was to be an academic because mm. once again, I think people would look at me and say, oh, of course you're going to be a musician because mm-hmm. in, I think in society, African-Americans are either musicians or athletes. Mm-hmm. But I said, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do what you don't expect because mm. in media, you don't see us being ac- academics. You right. don't see us yeah. being doctors, lawyers, engineers. Right. So so that's what I thought I was going to do. So I just did it well enough to be able to do these things, but then just focused on school mainly. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, that's why in boarding school, like I didn't do as much music as I would have loved because I was so focused on just trying to get better what did at you, school. What did right. you, what job specifically did you have in mind for yourself? I was going to be a surgeon. Whoa. That's what surgeon. I wanted. I wanted to be, a, what I wanted to do once I finally got to college and understood all the different things that I, I loved, I wanted to be a surgeon that lived in China that did cultural diplomacy work. That's so what I wanted. really kind of fucked up your dream. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Literally, I YouTube yeah. messaged him. Thank and you. <laughs> yeah. Messed it all up. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you can still do it. <laughs> yeah, when I'm like 40 and like, I don't know. Okay, wait. So you were at Yale. What were you studying at Yale? I was an East Asian Studies major and I was pre-med. What was the Asian connection? Like what was drawing you to that culture? Well, um, so I was... Was the, the president of China, who at the time was named Hu Jintao Zhu Xi, he came to, well, that, that was, that's his name. Um, he was the former president of China. And before I got there, um, he invited 100 Yale students to meet him personally and meet his cabinet. Um, and the prerequisite was that you're supposed to be a first year or second year in, 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 um, at Yale and have no experience with China, no, no, wow. no understanding of Chinese or Chinese culture. So you did culture. not speak Mandarin no, yet? No, I knew nothing. So you're nor- one of those assholes who learned that language <laughs> later in life? Oh my God, Kevin. I, so so, so I, I did this 10-day experience. I, I was one of 12 freshmen that got chosen for this like 10-day experience okay. after my freshman year. And that's when I was like flabbergasted by like everything I saw. Like I, like I had for the first time a Chinese kid come up to me, take their finger and, and, and stroke it around across my, my hand and then lick their finger and say, which means, isn't he a man made out of chocolate? Oh, like no. things like that. Or like yeah. I told a girl to kiss me on the bus when the word for kiss means when. And I thought I said when, which means you, can you ask me a question? But I told her to kiss me and then she slapped me on the bus. Oh. Like things like that where I was like. How long were you there for? I, well, I eventually decided to be there for a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, because wow. I, I wanted to, I got this fellowship from Yale to study at this um, place called Tsinghua University, but it was a program for basically PhD students who are trying to learn Chinese at an academic level for their for their. So um, it was like an intensive to like learn to like, learn. Very intensive. So that's when you yeah. learned Mandarin. That's when I learned Mandarin. Wow. It was very yeah. like like all I did literally from eight to twelve. You have like 
just straight up classes in the morning and then literally you're studying from one until like that's Damn. and that was every day and then you've realized that's just is you have to live life so i just what i did do to continue my chinese studies was i just found a lot of chinese friends and i did not and i made sure to not hang out with foreigners because that mm. would that would make my chinese level go you have down to immerse yourself yeah like yeah. 100% so that's just kind of what i did do you think day. anyone can learn mandarin or is it like no, I, I do think anybody can learn Mandarin. Now, whether they'll pick it up quickly, that's a different story. Yeah. Because I think being a musician, to hear the tones, right. it's, it's yeah. much, much easier. It's musical. Exactly. It's extremely right. musical. But then I think the grammar is actually extremely simple. I mean, it's more simple than Romance languages. Because okay. with Romance mm. languages, you have conjugations. You don't have that with... Oh, you don't? Um, no. You, it's really like subject... Verb, object, you're done. Oh. If you want to say, can you write? In yeah, 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 yeah. I studied all of that. <laughs> so yeah, cool. you're crazy. Um, no, I just, it's one of the. St- I mean, you remember when we were on the Chinese, <laughs> the the sing off? Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was just. We did a song for Chinese sing off. Yeah. Oh yes. Exactly. Oh my god. And he was like teaching me how to say everything. It was crazy. It was. It was really, really. I have fun. a question. Sure. Do you feel like like. Is there, are you using a similar part of your brain and a similar part of yourself to get really great at saxophone, to get really great at cello, to learn Mandarin, to to sing, to beatbox? Like, is it all coming from the same place? Oh, interesting. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, that makes sense. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, studies definitely show that. Do like you approach and, it the same way? Yes, thank you. Okay. That's yeah, what I'm trying approach, to say. Yeah. I, I definitely think there is an approach because I definitely want to get a theoretical framework first before I start anything. Mm. So that's why, like. With cello, with, you know, singing, with beatbox. Like, I, I try to learn as much about the theory behind it first and then go ahead and start tackling it. Because sometimes I think a lot of people say, oh, do it, do it, do it many times and you'll get there. And I'm like, yeah, but there are a lot of people that have already been genius level at this. And so yeah. if I can just learn from them first, then I can make something And what do you happen. mean by that? Like, you know, so like you go, like you've been taking voice lessons, right? Yeah. You could have like just sung. Sure, that would right. have been helpful but you got a theoretical framework first by going to a right. teacher who understood things understand right. how the voice Academia. works yeah exactly yeah we are similar right I exactly you have to have school. That, yeah you have like that framework that's where i differ i do not love yeah. <laughs> right but like yeah i think that's what if you can do that you have that and then you can go ahead and start tackling things um so like yeah i mean i've been like working on like production type stuff but it's like okay watch a lot of youtube videos understand how people do it and then go ahead and start it instead of just like mm. trying to figure it out myself because like i I'm like I'm yeah. like I'm no smarter than these guys. Like so, if they know how to do it at this level, right. then I'd rather just learn from them. Yeah, you know, I just had this revelation. I feel like a reason that you're so good at things is because you don't get discouraged. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes oh, when I'm good. working on something and you like and you're you're not good at it or it's tough, you're like you kind of just like slowly lose interest subconsciously. Totally. Oh. But you don't. You'll literally you have, just you keep have, going. Well, you have like well, a wildly positive attitude that I can feel from kind. 100 million miles away. Yeah. So. That's very kind. Yeah, that's very kind because I do get discouraged very often. Like you've, yeah. you can hear me. Like I've been studying singing since 2015 from like Jeffrey Allen and Dave yeah. Stroud, and it's been a very difficult journey, but. I think like one of the things that I think really helps me is to like guard my mind in the morning. So like mm-hmm. kind of doing like these like Quincy Jones taught me to do affirmations in the morning because mm-hmm. he said when he does that, then he can affirm the person that he really believes himself to be, not the person that he feels mm-hmm. that he is. Because wow. once he do does you say that, them out loud? Yes, out loud every single morning. Can you give us examples, or is that too? Personal? No, uh, I can give you an example. Uh, it's all in my notes. Uh, for example, like. Um, 
I love that. I have to like. I have to. When I first when I first started writing my last album, when I wasn't feeling very confident as a songwriter, yeah. I would write over and over and over again. I am a prolific songwriter. Yeah, <laughs> I did that for like, for like two weeks. You have to because I yeah. need, I didn't believe that I was, right. and it really really worked for me. And I right. don't need that affirmation more because I'm like mm, she's right. right. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do that every once in a while. If I get sad or a little stressed yeah, out or I'm yeah. like having really bad anxiety randomly, yeah. I'll like go in my notes and I'll be like, you, you've done this in yeah. life and yes. you're this and you have a great family that loves you. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll like write all these positive things and then I'm like, whoa, I feel a lot better. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So if like It's for, important. It is. It is. So that's why for me, if, if I do it in the morning, it gives me the mindset to tackle the day that much better. Wow. And so I'm I actually think, genuinely going to try this. Yeah, no, same. seriously. Wait, so you, in the morning you like wake up and like say it? Yeah, I wake up early in the morning and then I go, I do some stretches because mm-hmm. I'm doing, been like doing some PT stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'll read some of these affirmations and then I'll usually watch some sort of YouTube video that's like very motivational or talking about how to be um, just more like a, more of a high performer. Yeah. And then I'll like pray, do the Bible stuff. And then I'll just start my day that way. Because wow. then I feel like my mind is ready to tackle the day. Because I think a lot of times, like, when you just start the day, your mind is foggy. You don't totally. have clarity yeah. and vision mm-hmm. and focus. And well, I think that's... Setting the, an intention. Yeah, setting an intention. Like, it's kind of like I set goals all the time in a right. big picture way, but maybe doing them in a daily, like, a day. Because I, I my version of this is I schedule my weeks by the hour. Like, yes. a deep psychopath. By the minute. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, Seven, I will show you. I, know, I love. Yes. I, I do, and it, and it helps me set an intention for like what I'm going to get done. But I exactly. actually really like the affirmation thing because that that takes it to like another level. It's like my schedule is like an intention for literally what I'm going to get done, but maybe the affirmation is like what I'm emotionally and like exactly. spiritually and like what is my like. Which is so yeah. important because yeah. you can be, I sometimes will get a little more insecure over time and not realize it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Your mental health is like deteriorating. You're not realizing it. Right. Yeah. And so those affirmations are a way to ensure that you're like keeping yeah, keep yourself stay on track. going. and like hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Okay. Affirmations. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were just talking about how like every guest we have like says stuff that we just like think about all the I time. I think about it all the time. <laughs> I like and this lit- is going to be one of the <laughs> I like, all I wanted from this podcast, like this podcast isn't even out and I'm like, I'm so inspired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, but we haven't even gone to pentatonics. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. wait, then you graduate Yale pre-med. So you graduate well, Yale. Well, hold on. Let, let pause. So what happens was I was in my senior spring semester. Uh-huh. So I was about to graduate and I had applied to music schools. I applied to, uh, Manha- I was either going to do Manhattan School of Music or going to do Berkeley. For grad school. For grad school. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, you know what? Let me get my music thing out of the way and then I'll go back to medical school. Wow. And so that was happening. No, no. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's, yeah, no I'm amazing. like amazed. No, yeah. no, no. That's, that's exactly like I was going to do. So I ended up thinking about Berkeley. I ended up uh, signing to Berkeley. Signing to Berkeley because I'm an athlete. What yeah. <laughs> um, and then I put up this video because I was, I was, um, um, I was wait Berkeley for what instrument? Oh, uh, for actually for music production. Oh, because I wanted wow. to learn music production for fun. Like, just why not? It'd be oh fun to God. do before I started to think about. It's a good thing to know how to do. Yeah, it's yeah. a great thing to Seriously. know how to do, right? Yeah. Um, so I got like actually me and Sam Sui got nominated for a senior prize at Yale for the arts. Um, so what we had to do is showcase have this kind of showcase of music on a CD that we send into the committee. Mm-hmm. So I was doing. Um, 
this version of Julio, which is a piece by Mark Summer, who's part of the Turtle Island String Quartet. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my version of that with cello and beatboxing. Um, and my friend said, you know what, why don't you put that up online for yeah. fun? And I was like, yeah. nobody knows about this song. Nobody cares about the song. This yeah. is a classical piece, like a modern classical piece. Yeah. But he said, well, at the end of the day, you have nothing to lose. Right. I was like, okay, whatever. So I put it up and then lo and behold, I got friends telling me like, it's like number four on Reddit. And, and it was like you. Going, I haven't, I haven't Justin Timberlake was like posting it. Yeah, just really? like, it was like the most uh, random thing. So it was like you playing cello and beatboxing. You have yes. to watch the video. It's insane. Oh my God, I want to. Yeah. Wait, what's it called? I'll just... uh, it's called Julie O. Julie dash O. Oh my God. I'll yeah. To you, yeah, yeah. So like that happens. And so at the same time that, that happens, I'm getting these random offers to do stuff and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm literally just trying to fig- finish my your essay because I had them. Right. And then you can tell the rest of the story. Scott, you told oh, the rest yeah, of the no, story. No, I was with Ben Bram at yeah. the old place he lived and we were we had kind of a beatboxer but we weren't crazy about him. And this was specifically we were putting, for the sing-off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were putting together okay. a group. Yeah. We were going to be three and then we, they were like, you need a bass and beatboxer. Yeah. So I was like, let's go find some. And yeah. we found a beatboxer but we didn't like him so we went on YouTube and typed in beatboxers. Oh my God. And it was that week that he was going viral. So it was the first video popped up. That is just meant to be. It's like <laughs> so weird. It That's was crazy. crazy. And Ben and I watched it and I was just so blown away. The musicality yeah. was insane. And I was like, wait, he's literally exactly who we need. But I was like, it's such a shot in the dark that I'm just going to literally message him on YouTube. Oh my and I God. like YouTube messaged him. You're the only person I've ever YouTube messaged. <laughs> yeah. That's, YouTube messaging is a thing. <laughs> And, but uh, I don't think I responded to you for a while. You didn't respond for weeks. Because I was literally just like, I, I yeah. tried to block it out and I literally had to finish my senior essay. Yeah. That's the only thing that mattered to me. And then <laughs> oh I finished God. it. What was your and, essay on? Uh, it's a long story. So basically I was doing a study on this group called the Uyghurs in Western China. And I was trying to see how the Chinese government... Um, looked at them over the period from the cultural cultural revolution up to now because they had a bad rap with the Chinese government. So I just lo- I was reading all these Chinese newspapers just to see how that that oh dialogue had changed. Damn I literally it. can't follow Game of Thrones storylines. Same. <laughs> 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 I'm just like I was just reading on these Chinese newspapers, like trying to understand. It's so crazy. crazy. Okay, so how many? So when you get this message, yeah, I get this message, and he responds a couple weeks later. Were you nervous that he didn't respond? Um, a little bit. Well, yeah. I was reaching out a to a beatbox. bunch. Of, I was like okay. reaching out and trying to find. But and nobody we had a beatboxer, was, and then we were auditioning right. another one. So I was. Okay. There were other so options. So I like kind of forgot, but okay. I but I was like hoping it was going to be him because right. he was the best one of them all for right. sure. Right. So then he responds and he's like, I'm interested. And I don't know who I thought I was, but I was like, do you mind sending in an audition? <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? I think it was Ben's idea, actually. He was oh, like, fine. let's make sure you can do multiple grooves. And I yeah. was like, I'm pretty sure he's a maestro of the cello. That he'll... But then, and then you didn't respond for another couple weeks. Right. And I was like, that was so annoying we of us. Of course. Like, yeah. Yeah. Essay. But, then, but then he emails me this like crazy audition tape. Of you doing all these different grooves. Oh, great. Oh my God, I'd I don't love remember. to see that. Same. And then, <laughs> and then I told him, I was like, it's okay, you're going to get flown out by the sing-off. Just lying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't encourage lying. But I was like, I was, <laughs> we, we hadn't really been cast yet, but I called my mom and I was like, yeah, please, well, can you just give me like $400 to yeah. fly this guy out? He's perfect. And I'd auditioned for 19 shows at this point and not made any of them. So my mom was, she oh was like, God. oh my gosh, it's, I don't know, we're, pay, we're helping you with yeah. college. And like, it was like mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. But, um, oh, she, she made all that investment. Let me tell you right now. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I split it with Ben. We ended up splitting. Oh my right. God. And then he flew out and it was crazy. All right, you guys, that's the end of part one of our conversation with Kevin Alushala. Tune in next time for part two. Yeah.